0: Welcome to You Should Watch This Documentary, a podcast about documentaries you should watch. Obviously. With your hosts, Adam Todd Brown, Jess McDonald, and Ron Locke.
1: You mean the one with all the kids who die in a river? No, I don't like that either. Yeah, let's get the lighthearted stuff out of the way first.
0: There's no lighthearted stuff in this one. At this point, this is when it started really getting hard for me to continue to watch the series because I was just getting so depressed. Yep. Yeah. And this I'm a depressed person anyway, so I try not to watch depressing things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I went, uh, yeah.
2: this is about when I polished off a bottle of wine and went outside and chain-smoked for a little while and then went back to what I was doing. So I agree. Oh, wine is so good. Yes. I'm not drinking
0: right now.
1: Mm, I like wine, too. It's I good. should say, hey, everyone, welcome to You Should Watch <laughs> This documentary. We've been going at it for a few minutes, by the way. We're talking about the confession tapes. Again, the conclusion of our two-part Series on the confession tapes more like the fucking depression tapes
0: seriously yep
1: because uh, we've reached the part this is episode number five but it's case number four and this is this series really kind of unfolds like Black Mirror in that it just gets progressively worse and then in the middle they hit you with like the worst of all the episodes and then the one after that is not too bad and then it's right back to being depressing again. yep uh, so the 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 first case we'll talk about this is episode five. It's called Eighth and H. And it's this, an
0: intersection in uh, Washington D.C. Eighth and H.
1: Right. And for all of these episodes, when I was taking notes, I put in parentheses like what I thought each episode, just for my gut instinct, like what kind of nefarious shit was going to go into getting this confession. In this one, I just wrote racism
0: because. Yep. Yep. It's
1: very obvious where this is headed yep. the minute it fucking starts. And it's, it's the worst kind of racism where you could have just arrested the black dude who did it Yeah, instead of trying to arrest 16 others who clearly fucking didn't. That's the first thing that stands out to me about this episode is they flash a newspaper article that says uh, arrest toll in woman's rape reaches 16. I'm like, what the fuck happened?
0: Well, at that time, the mentality was the more black people you can get in jail, the better.
1: Right. This reminded... I had never heard of this case, probably because these people... Uh, we'll will get to it. They're still in prison in a lot of cases. Ugh. Unlike the Central... This reminded me of the Central Park Five, which was a really famous case in the 80s where even there's like video of Donald Trump saying how these people need to be executed and murdered and that they're wild animals and calling them savages, and none of them fucking did it. None of them were guilty. And this is the same thing where they... Basically, uh, they take what is a group of... (laughs) I'm gonna interrogate Mon Rock about whether she just ate a chip on this podcast. (laughs) Open your mouth! (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Jess is already telling on you. This... (laughs) That was a fun side note. Carry on. (laughs) This is basically a case where they take a group of dudes who like going to go-go concerts and decide that that constitutes a gang that is terrorizing a neighborhood. And they show right away clips of reporters going around to this neighborhood and going, hey, have you ever heard of the 8th and H gang? And they're like, no, no, we have not. That's not a thing. So what happens is this woman, she goes shopping. Why did, oh, Catherine Fuller. 48-year-old woman. She's found sexually assaulted, beaten to death in a vacant building. The details of what happened to this woman uh,
0: let's not are let's too not much even. to even go yeah. into. Yeah.
1: You can watch it if you want. But the last thing anyone knows is she goes shopping. And that's the last anyone sees of her. Uh, sometime after going shopping, she is dragged into this vacant garage and murdered. And here comes Jim Trainum, false confession expert, And uh, he's one of the first people that they interview about this, and for good reason, because this is a really clear-cut case of the police eliciting tons of false confessions. And one of the things they bring up really early on in the episode that I thought was interesting is the way you know right from the outset that this wasn't actually a gang-related crime is there's no conspiracy charge. Any gang-related, just being in a gang inherently implies that you're involved in a conspiracy to commit a crime. So once you're arrested, any crime that involves several people is going to be a conspiracy charge. But they weren't
0: in a gang.
1: Exactly. And that's why there were no conspiracy charges. But the police tried to portray this as this being a really violent gang that was committing these acts in this neighborhood. And I think that's why they, they bring it up is because... If it was really a gang there'd be conspiracy charges and yeah what it was was just a bunch of dudes who like going to go-go clubs and listening to one particular type of music that yeah, involved yeah and one horns. particular
0: song make something make money money yeah, yeah. yeah one of that yeah yeah
1: yeah and it really yeah and that, they
0: use they and t- use this song. and it's this like lighthearted yeah.
2: like little little song that doesn't make i don't think would make anybody want to do something like that yeah
1: like they describe this as go go rap it's not it's not even rap if you ever heard doing the butt by EU that's a go go song yeah. like this is the kind of music these dudes were into this is like assuming that a bunch of white dudes that gather up and go to ska concerts all the time are definitely skinheads. Like, no, that's... Uh, They are, They might just... Yeah, they... They they probably are, but it could just be like these dudes, they just had shitty taste in music. Like, it, it could go either way. But the first person they interview...
2: No... No, oh, he's no. a precious baby. Clifton
1: Yarbrough, he's 16. It's the first videotape confession they show. We learn right away that his IQ is 69.5, so this should go yeah, well. Yeah,
0: he has a learning disability. Yeah. yeah,
1: and they show his confession, and it does right away look not completely un- not compelling. Like he, right. he does a really like he mm-hmm. seems to have all the facts, and he's really matter of fact in how he's delivering it. But then they bring up an important point. This is the recap video. Right. This isn't his confession. So what
0: they were doing at that time is literally filming people for eight, uh, not filming people, interrogating people for eight hours, breaking them down. And then they turn the camera on. After they were already completely broken. Right. For the confession. And that's it. So you have no idea what was said to them leading up to that point. Right. Right.
1: And even in the in his confession, it like at first glance, it looks great, and it looks like he's just saying what happened, but he's getting all the facts wrong.
2: Right, and then you have the other guy. I don't remember what his name was, but he was an expert of some sort, and he was saying about how a person of his IQ and his learning disability, he was just repeating back gestures and statements that were made to him because he was just – Buying into what the police were saying to him, and he was like, "Okay, yeah." So I, I can't remember what the exact specific was, but he like did a, an exact gesture of like the ripping the shirt yeah. thing, and that didn't happen, right? And but he was th- only that's
0: because the interrogator had used that motion himself, right? So I think he was just repeating, yeah. I mean, they might have even just written it down for him, had him memorize it, and then repeat it, right? Yeah. You know.
1: And then he's talking about standing in the alley and seeing this whole crime happen in the alley. And even I'm like, but she was found in the garage. It happened, happened right. in the garage. Right, Like, yeah. you wouldn't commit the the crime that was committed against her. You would not fucking do in an alley. Right, right. That's for goddamn so sure. It's really
2: not when it was a hevi- heavily populated area that specific day, because it was the first of the month and everyone was going shopping.
1: Right, right. It, yeah, it was the one of the, the people they interviewed said it would have probably sounded like a football game in that area at right. the time, because there were so many people. Like, this isn't going to happen out in public. So all they do then to cover their tracks is at the end of that, they go okay, tell the truth. You went in the garage and saw all that though, right? Like to try and make him an accessory when he thinks right up to that moment. And actually there's a reporter from the Washington Post who at the end of this is like, this kid up until like the minute he went to prison thought there was going to be a point where it was just all over and he was going to go home. And that moment came when he was convicted and he's like, okay, so this is done. Now I get to go home. No, he's in prison forever now. And it's this is definitely the worst case. Yeah. It's definitely the most infuriating yeah. case because it's...
0: So many, so many people.
1: So many people got wrapped up in it. And it's just a clear-cut case of just like, let's just round up all the black people we can. They're probably in a gang. They're probably committing murders. So why not send them all to jail? Yep. And it, like, even... One thing, I don't know why it bothered me, but at one point when they're interviewing... Clifton Yarborough, that first the first kid. They ask the distance he was from the the crime, and uh, he's like, "I don't really know." And they go, "Was it as long as a basketball court?" Yeah. It's like, Shut
2: up, you oh racist my
1: fuck! Oh Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, <laughs> and like that's the kind of thing where it's not like inherent. I'm going like, to talk to you in your language. It's like not inherently racist, but, it but it's still it was. You know what he was fucking? Yeah, it's implied. At. Yeah. Uh, so then they talk to Harry Bennett and Calvin Alston, who are 18 and 19. And these are the two who, one for one of them, Calvin Alston gets raped in jail yeah. not long after he confesses. And he's very upfront about the fact that that's the point where he was like, all right, I'll, I will tell you anything you want if it reduces my sentence. And
2: plus they knew and they used that against him. They're right. like, we know you got raped, so like, don't you want us to go a little easier on you so maybe you can go home?
1: That's so fucked up. That's awful. <sighs> and what killed me about that is seeing him at the beginning, or seeing these two, because you see Harry Bennett, or Harry Bennett and Calvin Alston throughout, and they're out, they're in street clothes. So at the outset of this, I was like, Okay, good. At least these two, like, at least they're going to be exonerated at the end. They're clearly not in prison. Uh. No, they're just the two that went to prison the shortest amount of time, yep. and they're out already. Yeah. So that was that was demoralizing yeah, almost.
2: Yeah, it, it set it set us up to be more broken by the end.
1: Yeah. Because they I just k-
0: felt like such sweet, clean cut nineties guys. Right, like the one like yeah. Calvin. The I one mean, kid gonna to go to the he was in
2: college and about to join the military too. Like yeah. he had like all these ideas for the way his life was gonna look, and they all did, and I hated it. I hated everything about this episode.
1: And really hard to watch. Uh how about the part where they started paying people to come down and provide witness testimony?
0: Thirty-five dollars. Yeah. Yep. That's all it costs to Which, just ruin someone's life
1: yeah and I mean that's you know that sounds crazy to us and it is crazy but it's also $35 in 1980s inner city Washington D.C. was not no money right and you like the they uh, I think it was Harry Bennett who starts telling these stories about people just being like oh if you take this one guy down there you'll get they'll 30- pay him yeah. to confess and they'll pay you to take him down there yep and so people were just coming and giving testimony for a crime they never saw right and meanwhile there's all these people around in the community who didn't see anything and none of them get called as witnesses right because they they don't it doesn't play into the the story they're going for but the i think the the craziest part about this is there was another guy there was a guy named James McMillan who not until years after this crime happened uh one of these false confession experts finds his picture in with the people who were arrested for this crime and this guy wasn't actually arrested for it but he was arrested for two pretty much identical crimes previously right he was out at the time this crime happened and he lived in the house behind the fucking alley where it happened right if you wanted to arrest a black
2: dude, just arrest him because he's the one who fucking did it. Right, because now- Jesus Christ. If you if you looked at the synopsis, it, it, he's called a convicted serial rapist at this yeah. point. He is a
1: convicted
0: serial rapist. And he rapist. committed the murder the same exact way. The right. woman was found the same exact way as his last victim. Right, right. Um, which
1: we're not saying it, but it's a very, very specific way. Right. Like it's- it's the kind of thing where if you like that's how you identify a serial killer. Right, right. They commit their murders in the same way. This guy this woman was killed the same way the this exact guy killed same all way. these other people. Right. And he was in the name a witness saw him holding an object in a weird way under his coat yep. at the crime scene. And they never fucking pursue this guy as the possible Because killer. He,
0: he was already in jail, right? right. So that's
1: the, not gonna work. And they had already gone on this fucking witch hunt rounding up the 8th and H gang for committing this crime. And one of the things that really stood out to me that, like if anyone has any questions about whether, like oh, maybe these 16 people did like because there's always going to be people who are like, the police don't just arrest people for nothing. Yeah, Uh, They obviously, 10 of the 16 people they arrested had alibis and were just immediately let go. That's the thing you check before you arrest a person. Right. You don't arrest someone and then check their alibi. That is not how the justice system works. And the fact that they arrested 16 people and 10 right away were be able were able to be like, no, I obviously did not do that. They just got the six who didn't have strong alibis and focused on them. And that's so fucking heinous.
0: I mean, everywhere in the world, the uh, the police are the most corrupt people out there. I don't know what makes people think that it's not the same way or at least a degree of it in America.
1: Yeah, and it's weird to me because we do get... We like to think
0: that we live in a really legit country with a very legit system, but no. I mean, authorities are corrupt everywhere. yeah.
1: And it's like we have video evidence now. Like right. yeah. right. We've, been, yeah. we've, we've been, seen it. We've been building a library since the early 90s. Yeah. We have lots of videos now to prove how the police interact with people, especially people of color. Right. And especially in poor neighborhoods. I mean, like anybody in a here. power
0: position, that's just kind of how it goes. Not yeah. everybody, but, you know. <sighs>
1: So uh yeah like I said this is one where I saw people in street clothes in the beginning and was like oh good at least at least this one there's some justice in the end sort of no, no. they go all-
0: that was the thing for all of these there was no justice right. in the end right right,
1: right. None.
0: I kept hoping every time I'd start a new one, well, maybe. Maybe they'll at least give us one. Yeah. And they, they didn't. Not one. Because the, And no. then right up to the end, when
2: they bring it all the way to the Supreme Court, and the the one justice is is, is talking about how they were mistreated, and she totally agrees with the evidence before her. And then... Two minutes later, it's just like, no, the Supreme Court denied that completely. That
1: blew me away.
2: I could not fathom how that fucking happened.
1: Because it gets to the Supreme Court, and I'm like, okay, good. It's going to work out. And then you're right. That judge gives her statement, and she basically says, well, the way they prosecuted these kids, it was like a circular firing squad where no matter what they did, they were going to get hit. There was no way they were going to get a fair trial. And I'm like, oh, thank God. They're going to get out. And then it just says, but the Supreme Court said no anyway. Yep. And they, they're all still in fucking prison, except for the two who did the most telling, basically. Yep. The yeah. Two who agreed to most vehemently rat the others out are the ones who are out of prison now. Yep. And the other, like the one guy even showed up at the Supreme Court thing, because uh, I think they probably understand that he was as much a victim right. like, as anyone. It's obviously not like it's it's hard to hold it against a guy who got raped in prison right, right. at like 16, 17 and want him to
0: plus they were take all the lying road. none of them committed yeah. the crime so yeah.
1: and in every one of these cases they they tell these lies with the understanding that it's what the police want and that if they just say this they'll get to go home right
0: I think, yeah, you know, it's so sad, but they all knew. They all just seemed to know that they didn't have a shot. It didn't matter what they said. They were all going to go to jail anyways. Yeah. Right. So you might as well try and lessen your sentence. Right. So just give them what they want. I mean, you're black in America. It's 19, whatever it is, 80. Yeah, it was. Whatever it was.
1: What year was that? It was 90... Oh, 84, yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, if you were Ugh. black and you were arrested for anything, it doesn't matter. That's just it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh, that was, that was kind of... So let's switch gears and talk about <gasps> the next case.
0: <gasps> yeah. God! Let's talk about... When is this over? <laughs>
1: let's talk about the opposite of a... Um. Well, not really the opposite of a poor black community, but let's talk about Brantley County, Georgia, one Ugh. of the poorest areas in the nation, in all of Georgia... Total sidebar. I don't know why I felt compelled to look this up the minute I saw what Brantley County, Georgia looks like. 88.5% Trump voters.
0: No big
2: surprise. Stands to reason. No did the rest surprise. of them not vote?
1: Because uh, that's my Jill only Jill Stein guess. got 1.7%, which blew my mind. Okay. Yeah, so <laughs> who knows? I'm assuming that's who committed these murders <laughs> in Brantley County. Just joking, this guy totally did it. That's what this, this, this is why this- What? You don't think this guy did it? Oh, no. This guy totally did it. This guy totally did I it. I
0: don't know anything. Oh, I just, be- I just believe in folks. This is
1: why I liked this. Uh, this is why it seemed like it unfolded like Black Mirror to me. Because Black Mirror, this most recent season, you get to that. I don't know if either of you have seen it. But yeah. There's an episode. Have you seen it? There's an episode called Shut Up and Dance, which the ending of that episode, you're just like, I'm just going to kill myself instead of finishing this series because I cannot take this anymore and then you get this episode called San Junipero yep. where it's like oh thank you yep. that was such a relief and then it's right back to darkness and gloom and doom and that's how i felt about this one because watching this one i was like this guy fucking did it this guy this guy is a shining example of get a lawyer dummy yep don't fucking say it cuz he would have got away with it if he had a lawyer yep and his lawyer even says that because this This is one of the things I really liked about this series is we just talked about the previous case where we find out they didn't turn the cameras on until most of this confession had happened. And then we just kind of see a recap. And then you get to this next episode where we hear that same thing. And initially you're like, hmm, that's shady. But in this case, I kind of get it because... What happened in this case?
0: Wait, you think he killed the guy or he was just present?
1: I think he was at least present, but I think he was involved in...
0: If, I don't understand to how kill the guy. I don't think I don't understand how you go to jail for five consecutive life sentences or whatever it was if you didn't even kill the guy
1: because if you set him up because I, I Cause feel it, like he was he involved in setting the guy up
0: right
2: because the whole the whole thing about how he was at the convenience store during the window where the call was probably made that made his right his uncle go what, but down so there. were 50 other people but, right <laughs> but.
0: Here's, here, here's I'm what, the worst I don't want believe it.
1: Here's how the crime happened. This guy named Lavelle Lynn, he runs an auto wrecker service. Like, he has a tow truck basically, among other things. Like, they insinuate that he might have been into some shady stuff, made money in funny ways. Yeah, but but who doesn't? Yeah, like, whatever. It's no reason to fucking kill somebody. And this guy owns a tow truck, and his daughter, who they interview throughout, makes a real point of saying that he owned this tow truck service, but he would... uh, he made it a point to only go to like the highways and didn't really go to to remote areas. But for some reason he gets this phone call this morning and decides he will go to this remote area this one time. And he does and ends up getting robbed and murdered. And his nephew at the same time, this fo- uh, at approximately the same time the phone call was made was at the gas station where the phone call, comes from and they have him on surveillance walking in and doing he says he went in to use the bathroom then he goes out and walks in the direction of the phones and then comes back in and buys cigarettes and then leaves and that alone isn't enough to convict someone but when i heard that they didn't turn the cameras on until 10 hours in they said they did that when he finally admitted he was at the scene If that's the scene they're talking about, because that's part of the crime scene. That's where the crime starts. If that's what they're talking about, if it took him 10 hours to just admit, yeah, I was at the gas station around that time. That doesn't mean I fucking killed anybody. If he lied about that shit for 10 hours, I get why at that point they were like, turn the cameras on. This guy fucking because why wouldn't you just say, yes, I was there. Right, because if but, all you
2: did was go to the bathroom and get some cigarettes yeah. and then leave, why would you have to keep that to yourself for ten hours
1: like that? I don't, I don't get why you wouldn't. Because be. it's
0: it seems incriminating, maybe,
1: or it is incriminating. <laughs> 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 Fucking killed your uncle. Well,
0: because also it it had
2: to have been somebody that his uncle really trusted who made the call to have him go down to the remote area, and that's like, I'm if my if my nephew called and was like, hey, I need you to come help me get my car out of this place. I'm going to break my own rule to go get my flesh and blood out from an unsafe area. I
0: thought he did it, the first half of it. But then until, you know, you you heard him on that phone call from prison.
1: Um, That's
0: when I started to believe him. I don't remember the prison
1: phone call. I, I thought his confession was the most riveting confession of all. Like when they were like, when they were going, just say it, just like, I felt like, this guy did it like he really does just kind of. And then he starts sobbing and I get that it could be, Oh, well they just broke him down. They might've just broken him down to the point where he confessed to a crime. Like it might not be that they broke him down to the point that he falsely confessed, but there was so much about his story that his lawyer just brushed off. Like early on, they say, well, we did find shell casings that had his fingerprints on them that matched Shell casings that were found behind his mother's house. And the lawyer just goes, they never proved those were fired from the same gun. Okay. Okay, but that's still a thing. Like it's still a thing that there were shell casings with his fingerprints okay, there. Okay, there
0: was some evidence.
1: <laughs> and he said he sh- he said he was shooting at a snake?
0: Right. Uh, a that's the yeah. And
1: that's and I feel like they did a really good job of there've been all these cases where people have kind of introduced, oh, maybe you blacked out or maybe it's like a mental thing. But when this guy was like... They
0: were like, the snake is your uncle. Yeah,
1: this guy was like, the snake is the guy that was killing your uncle. Because he said something like... Like, they think he fired a warning shot at the guy who actually was killing.
0: Didn't he say that he was present in his confession and that his friend Davey said, I need to do something, and he didn't know what it was, and he just said, stand here and look out, maybe make sure nobody comes around. So he was kind of an innocent bystander. That's the story he was trying to sell.
1: But that's what they finally got him to say. But that's not – his initial story was I was nowhere near the scene. I had nothing to do with this at all. I was never involved in any way. And then it comes out that maybe his uh, – like a relative of his or a friend of his was using his wife's car. And when the daughter answered the phone, she said, well, it definitely wasn't my cousin who was on the phone. But she said the guy had like a really soft voice. And you, sh- they, they show a picture of the guy, and he's clearly really young and looks like he would probably – have a really soft voice and kind of looks like he'd lure a motherfucker to train tracks to rob him for $480. So I like I felt like the fact that he was there when that call was made and wasn't the it-
0: saddest thing to me is when I see these these crimes in and, and on forensic files is the sum of money that right yeah. $480 to kill your... For a life. Right. That's the value of a life. $480. Yeah. Women kill their husbands for like $20,000 insurance policies. I mean, by the way, if you're a woman, you can kill three husbands before you get caught. Yeah. That's yeah. the way it works.
1: Yeah, it is typically <laughs> a little easier, yeah. I think, for because women never use guns.
0: Yeah, they poison. If women
1: would just start using guns, we'd catch them more.
2: Yeah. Which is why they're not going to do that.
1: Fine. <laughs> you don't like a challenge. I do. I like to get away with a gun crime, personally. So, yeah, this guy, man, I really I really think he did it. Uh, his uncle should believe in banks more and not carry around cash. But yeah. that's water under the bridge, obviously. And also, he had that friend, Chip Pine who they, they just show him really quick. But his friend Chip Pine comes on and goes, "Uh, yeah, Buddy told me once if he was ever going to murder someone, yeah. this is exactly how he would do it.
2: That seems weird. Yeah. That seems... That's not...
1: And Buddy, of all the people interviewed throughout this whole thing, Buddy actually seemed like the smartest. Yeah. Like, he wasn't...
0: He wasn't as WT as the rest of them. Yeah.
1: He didn't come off as a yokel. Like, yeah. He's, he, yeah. He seemed like he was pretty intelligent and I just didn't I felt like he he knows there wasn't enough evidence to convict him and he just fucked up and yeah. he knows it.
2: Was he another one who had had a lot to drink in a Xanax or something or a Valium or something? No,
1: that's the next that's guy. That's the next
2: guy? Okay. Yeah.
1: No, this guy was just
2: He just got picked up.
1: He got picked up and he wasn't what also really struck me about this is i forgot about this but one of the things that made his confession so compelling to me is at one point they go just say it and you'll sleep better than you have in like 6 to 8 months which leads me to believe this this interrogation happened way way down the line yeah something they learned between when this murder happened and when they brought this guy in prompted them to want to talk to him for another 10 hours six months later. Yeah. Like that, that can't be nothing. But the, I, the best point his lawyer brought up was, uh, he goes, they dropped the charges against, well, first his lawyer says,
0: I don't know how the, that other guy just got away. I got free. I know
1: exactly how, cause he lawyered up and there wasn't a ton of evidence because that one of the points his lawyer makes is they interrogated him for 10 hours without a lawyer present and then got him to confess. No lawyer would let them do that to their client like well you should have been there with your client then yeah or your client should have called you sooner because yes the a no lawyer would allow that but that's the lawyer's job to be there if right. the police aren't being impeded by a lawyer in what world are the police going to throw up their hands and go okay buddy before we ask you more questions you should get a lawyer no <gasps> if they right. can get you to confess they're going to fucking do it And this the, the lawyer's other quote was they dropped the charges against the other guy that tells you everything yeah, it tells me he got a lawyer. He got a lawyer and he didn't fucking get tricked into confessing. Right. It's that fucking simple. But I I totally felt like this guy did it. I feel like they both did it. And the <gasps> other one just got, got a lawyer. Got a lawyer faster. Yeah. Fuck him. But let's talk about the last case.
0: Mm. <sighs> I still the- don't think he did it.
1: The, the guy before? <laughs> yeah. I, th- I definitely think he did it.
2: I do too. I'm sorry. Like, all
1: his stuff about shooting at snakes. Because this is one where I feel like they intentionally left some details out. Which, all right.
0: I'm just going to watch it again.
1: Like, in the, f- <laughs> like in the first one, I, they do that in a few of these. Like, the first one, we never find out what Jimmy Miyoshi testified to when he actually went to court. We just know his testimony put them away. But we never get to hear what he actually said.
0: Right. I think and I just I just always base it on their their cadence and their personality. I don't think
2: <laughs> but no, that's the, but, like if oh, they're like we have about- the
0: evidence. It's an exact match. It's his DNA and the guy seems the kind of sweet. I'm like, oh no, he didn't <laughs> do it
1: <laughs> See with him it was kind of his demeanor too i was his, like yeah he no, probably I thought did his it demeanor
0: was all right All right, okay but down river
1: down river this one on a long list of really dark crimes this is one of the the darkest uh larry delisle he didn't do it he definitely didn't do it this is
0: yeah okay no, yeah we're I'm all right i'm right, right i'm right i'm right
1: <laughs> yeah which uh also makes this one quite sad because yeah. uh still in prison larry delisle he was on august 3rd he was working his job as a service manager in an auto shop in lincoln park normal fucking day he gets home he and his wife decide to go out and get ice cream they decide to drive their river down to the docks to look at boats go by because that's what their kids want to do because kids are stupid and they're easily <laughs> entertained and they had seen they had gone down and seen the boats the night before too And so he says, fine, we'll go down and see the boats. And they make a point of him saying he took his shoes off and that he was driving without his shoes on. So I was like, "Okay, well, that's going to play into it somehow. And right off the bat, I felt weird about this one because I didn't like his explanation of the accident. I, I didn't like the... Like he seemed really unsure of where his feet were and like whether the bra- – and it, it kept it kept changing as to whether – The
0: accelerator was stuck, then there was something – there was a shoe under the brake right. and then he had a leg cramp but and then it was he a also, very nebulous sort of yeah. explanation.
1: So so I didn't like that. I didn't like his description. I didn't like the the wife. I didn't like her. Everything felt fucking weird about it. Uh, he kind of looks like uh, Trump Jr. in the face. I didn't dig <laughs> that part. But then they, they start talking to his defense attorney, Frank Eamon, who is the defense attorney everyone in the world should want. This guy was yeah. a fucking hero. Like, there's a scene where he just storms out of court because he feels <laughs> like the guy's not going to get a fair trial. And, like... He doesn't like walk out the court and like fume in the hallway for a little bit. He fucking goes to his car, like <laughs> talking to reporters on the way out, like whatever. Judge is taking a big risk.
0: And when he was convicted, not to give it away, but I think at this point, we all know that everyone <laughs> has been convicted. He just had his face in his hands. Like it yeah. just broke his soul. Yeah. yeah. What, he was just such a great guy.
1: He was. He, he was a, a really great attorney, and you could tell he very much believed it. Like, he did the job the police should have done. Right. Because, like I said, leading up to this, I thought the the couple seemed weird. I thought their description of it seemed weird. And then they show their interview where they're just, like, emotionless. But that's when the guy's like, well, they gave me a Valium right oh, before that. Oh, two Valiums. And I've taken yeah. Valium. That's absolutely what Valium does. It shuts your emotions up off. Like, you are a fucking robot. Yep. So if they're pumping this guy full of Valium, which you might do if you are accidentally just drove your kids into a river. Right. Which, did we even get to that part? He accidentally drove his kids (laughs) into a river.
0: Oh, Um, yeah. That's what happened. Yeah, he accelerated. He could not hit the brake for whatever reason. He tried, but there was, he said something was stuck. Anyways, he ended up driving into the lake and... The windshield smashed. He and his wife were able to ex- escape, although he couldn't swim. Right. So that was just why if, if you were trying to kill your children and you yourself can't swim, why would you why right. would you do that? Yeah,
1: that makes no Unless sense. Unless you
0: were trying to go out, too. Yeah, unless he was trying to kill himself and his wife. I mean, which is, there, there's no guarantees that the windshield would break and let them out.
1: Yeah, which is something they kind of hint at, because there's no denying this is a weird dude. Yeah. yeah. Like, this car is the car his father committed suicide in.
0: Right. And he kept the and car. he kept
1: the car. But then in, the, in one of his interrogations, he's like, you're really overestimating how close I was to my dad. Yeah. And, like, he could have been happy that the fucking dad died in the car, for all I know. Like, maybe he hated his dad. Maybe his dad was abusive. Right. And he cherishes that his dad died in that car. Who fucking knows? But it's not enough to convict someone right. of murder. And one of the, the things that really uh, fucked this guy up was there's a witness who, why does her name have to be Beverly Lake? In a crime like this, <sighs> oh. why has it got to be Beverly Lake? But Beverly Lake, why comedy, why? She testifies in court that she saw him, she calls it a practice run, where she saw him the night before with his family in the car, go down and look at these boats and then saw them the next night, come down and look at boats and then sees a third trip where they drive into the water And in her mind, for one thing, she says something like Jesus put her there. But it was it was
0: she it was her dream to uh, to witness a murder one day. She was she was was basically sitting there every single night waiting for something to go down. Her whole life. I mean, she made that clear. She's like, someone told me that I'm going to see a murder one day. I mean, that was.
1: And she thinks she finally does.
0: Yeah, because she sees this car
1: accelerate and drive into the river and these kids die. And up to that point, I'm kind of on board with the fact that this guy did it. And then the defense attorney points out, you know, the police didn't look into the car itself. They didn't look into maybe if the accelerator was stuck, maybe that was some kind of mechanical issue. And it turns out this car had a history or this type of car had a history of when the engine block breaks, which happened to this car, mm-hmm. it tends to sometimes fall forward and lock the accelerator into place. Like, holy shit. That is, that sound, once I heard that, I was like.
0: He didn't do it. He didn't right. fucking
1: do it. That's absolutely what happened. And then the police get all cocky and try to recreate it. And they do. Yep. Granted, it only happens one out of 21 times, but if every one out of 21 times I drove my car, the accelerator fucking stopped, and I drove into a river...
0: What was There'd shocking to me is that I don't know who said it, the lawyer or somebody. He said, I know it's, it's much easier to believe that somebody wanted to do this and somebody wanted to commit this crime and, and, and kill their children than it is to
1: believe
0: that it was an accident. And I'm thinking, no, it's easier to believe it's an accident. Yeah, it's <laughs> much more digestible
1: <laughs> don't. Yeah. The accident makes so much yeah. more sense.
0: How is it easier to believe that a father would want to drown all four of his children? Right. Like
1: the, the minute the police were able to recreate that, that should have been the end of the case. Yeah. Because at that point, all of his confusion and changing stories about how it happened, I'm like, well, he doesn't know. Right. He doesn't know how it happened. Of course he's going to guess and try to figure it out. And then he gets in the room with this fucking polygraph expert. Who at one point is like, I've really pulled some rabbits out of the hat a time or two. And it's like, I bet you have, you shady fuck. Like, he basically convinces convinces this guy that he's got a demon inside him because his father killed himself and that he... Because his
0: kid subconsciously wanted to do it. Yeah,
1: because this one time his kids crying in the back seat, So he snaps and kills everybody. And this guy was like, I've been changing diapers and dealing with yeah. screaming kids for years. He's
0: got four kids. Right. Yeah. Like, I think he's pretty familiar.
1: <laughs> right. And throughout this whole thing, he's like almost laughing at this guy. Like, yeah, I did. Like, I know what you want me to say, but I didn't fucking do this. And they just like this is a case where they do legitimately break this guy down. It was
0: really, I mean, if you listen to the guy's voice, it was hypnosis. It was. That's what they it absolutely
1: felt like. hypnotized him. And it looked like, like, because at one point he looks like he's falling asleep. Yeah. And right. then all of a sudden he's up and his answers are just so like robotic and like almost rehearsed. But, and it's correct, one of the lines that the fucking polygraph guy threw out, he says, I threatened to tie my daughter up and throw her in a garbage bag and put her in the closet yeah. until she sh- she shut I'm, up once. Oh so I get it, buddy. And I'm like, motherfucker, if someone said that to you in an interrogation, you would run with that for months and use it to try and convict them. Yep. But you can just throw shit like that out. Yeah. And we're supposed, like, now yeah, I'm wondering, maybe you did, yeah, it. did you murder your daughter? Like, I, hook this guy up to a polygraph and let's find out. And it was so obvious that like, I, hypnosis is a thing. It like is. I've been to those comedy shows where some motherfucker brings someone on stage, and next thing you know, they're clucking like a chicken and have no idea they're doing it. Like, hypnosis isn't, it's not junk science. It's not, like, medical science, but it's a thing that happens. And this guy absolutely looked like he got hypnotized into fucking confessing. And the fact that they found him guilty after that car evidence yeah. blows my mind. Like they don't, did they even talk to the jurors in this case? I don't think we ever hear. No, well, anything. this
0: was the case where I think the uh, the jurors had already made up their mind because of the media. It was yeah, so publicized in the media and he was being portrayed as like an evil, evil criminal. Right. And everyone had, and, and then they asked the jurors, they said, OK, you know, uh, they took the confession out or something like that.
1: Well, no, they just or, asked the juror. They, they basically went to the jury and said, do you promise you'll ignore that confession? Yeah. And they were like, yeah.
0: Confession aside, you know, are you going to be able to judge this fairly and be unbiased? And uh, they all said, yeah, because who gives a shit? But yeah,
1: this, this is a case that should have been moved. They had already yeah. made up their Somewhere. minds. Even a fucking OJ trial got moved. I mean, only to like Santa Monica or something. <laughs> still got moved. <sighs> so, yeah, this guy, he's still in prison. He's going to be in prison the rest of his life.
0: His wife divorced him after...
1: Yeah. So W- wife divorced seven years him. or whatever. His kids are dead. And uh, because he didn't cry enough and because Beverly Lake uh, was itching to see a murder someday. Yeah. Like even the, I think the, everyone who testified to the car going in the water said the engine was still revving really loud when that happened. Like, that's because the fucking accelerator was stuck. That seems like such an obvious yeah. explanation. And it's crazy to me that the police were so hungry to, turn this into a murder that they just made this guy like the fifth victim of this
2: right accident. I just don't know why you would want that to be a murder that's just like I would much rather yeah. rationalize that away
0: with it being what it was
1: an yeah. accident
0: people yeah. I don't know people it's are just sick. people want and this was where Michigan
1: yes this was in yeah. Michigan yeah
0: Michigan folks man they just want to punish people
1: god damn right they do Make so you yeah. pay. That's the confession tapes. Everyone should go watch it. Unless you don't want to be super duper bummed out. Then maybe case, don't. Maybe, maybe don't watch it. Just to the
2: episodes and let that be sad enough.
1: Yeah. Maybe just watch the episode before this one where everyone knows that guy was guilty except Mon Rock. <laughs> <laughs> so he was definitely fucking guilty. <laughs> All right. Should we get out of here? We should. Yeah. I have to record two more podcasts in 13 minutes.
2: Oh, wow.
0: yeah, yep. yeah.
1: Six and a half minutes each. Yeah, I mean, never mind. All right. Do we have anything to plug before we get out of here?
0: Not since uh, an hour ago. Oh, you don't, you don't want to plug the show
1: at UCLA you, you're doing tonight again? Come to our live podcast October 28th at the Hollywood Hotel. It's free, and it's going to be a damn fine time. It's going to be a Halloween party. Put on your fucking costumes.
0: Or don't, if you're an adult.
1: You won't win a prize that way. You never win a prize. Adults win prizes. All right, <laughs> Jess, do you have anything to plug? No. God damn it, let's get out of here. Jess, say goodbye. Bye. Mon Rock,
0: say goodbye. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye, everybody. We love you.